Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Broadcasting live on the High Velocity Radio Show and the Business Radio X Network, brought to you by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program. If you're a coach and you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, inspirationalist with creative business coaches, Miss Sue Ryan. How are you? I am fantabulous. Thank you very much. How are you? We are doing well. Uh, Sue, before we get too far into things, do you mind sharing a little bit about your creative business coaches practice? Absolutely. Lee, I founded Creative Business Coaches out of a passion I have to help individuals become their greatest, leading themselves and others. Really figuring out who they are as individuals so they know how to lead themselves the best and how to have that transfer forward into all the roles of their lives. And my target audience is leaders and future leaders in business who want to learn how to unlock their true potential leverage it to strengthen their unique abilities and skills and make their greatest impact as leaders. Now, how'd you get into this? Uh, were you always a coach? I was not always a coach. Actually, I learned that I had done coaching functions in a lot of the roles I had, but it had never been what I really was doing. My first 30 years in my career, I was in sales for application software, and that's the software that supports back office operations, general ledger, accounts payable, human resources, customer relationship management. I actually began my sales career in Atlanta at Management Science America many years ago and loved it. My philosophy, though, I always said I never sold anything I prepared people to buy. And my mindset was to really make sure that I understood what would make each individual person successful and how that would align with the goals for success of the organization, and then tie all of that together in what we did and what our sales process really was. And there, were, there were a lot of moving parts in the accounts I worked on, and what I learned working with external partners, with the departments I was working with, there were global companies and our internal team members, is that I did a lot of listening and asking questions in order to successfully orchestrate everything with everyone involved. And in 2003, I took a professional sabbatical that was an absolutely amazing part of my life. And during that time, I was also introduced to the concept of servant leadership. And what became clear to me during that time is that what I had really loved about what I did was helping others become their greatest and doing a lot of listening and asking questions, which is really what coaching is. And that's what I loved the most about what I did, even though my role was called sales. Now, how do you differentiate a coach from an inspirationalist, which is the moniker you've kind of given yourself? <laughs> it's definitely easier to call myself a coach. But my true passion is really inspiring people to become their greatest. When they become their greatest leading themselves, they're their greatest helping others in any of the areas of their lives. 
I was introduced to a gentleman whose name is Donald Miller, and he created StoryBrand. Right, I'm familiar. He talks about, yeah, he talks about us being guides for others and bringing our empathy and authority to help them with their problems. My mindset in sales wasn't to sell people our solutions. It was to inspire their vision of success for themselves and how that translated to organizational success. And what I recognized is that when I looked at the dictionary at an inspirationalist, it's someone with the urge or ability to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. And that's what really fits me perfectly. And I've learned through the the years I was in sales, I learned that if I teach something at the head level and just give them features and benefits and things like that and facts, they'll get part of that but it doesn't really help them transform their lives. It doesn't really become something they can see the vision of. And so if I can help them go deeper as an inspirationalist and inspire them, their motivation comes from deep inside. And it's the motivation that people have that is what's going to help them change and change from the inside. And that's where the most impactful change comes. If I can inspire that in people then they're going to change from the inside out and they're not just going to make a few tactical changes from a head level. So you think that coaching is more tactical and what you're doing is more kind of getting their why and understanding their motivation and at the root of what they're trying to accomplish? I believe, Lee, that coaching can be that. I have seen people who, as coaches, have a lot of tools And I have actually had a number of different coaches in different capacities in my life. There have been, I showed horses for many years. I had coaches from horseback riding and I've had it for business and leadership and spirituality. And, And I had coaches who were able to use their processes and tools kind of at a head level, but they really weren't trying to figure out what, how I was wired, what made me tick so that they could apply them uniquely to what would really have the greatest impact for me. And I believe that coaches who have the capacity to do that really go deeper and make a stronger impact because we can't make anybody do anything. We can open them to wanting to do it in themselves. And that's the only way they're going to get it done when it's the messy middle of doing all the work to change and then sustaining that over time. So you didn't have any uh, coaches that you would uh, call inspirationalists? I did. Some of the ones I had, and I have, I actually have two of them now who are absolutely inspirationalists and they're taking me places. I didn't even know I had the capacity to go. And that's what I have recognized that is a great gift that we have in the role. If we, if we call ourselves a coach or inspirationalist, whatever we call ourselves is to take people where they didn't know they had the capacity to go. Now, walk me through how you would, like, if, if somebody comes to you and say, um, Sue, I want to go to the next level. I feel like I'm, there's more out there. I want to do more, make more of an impact. Show me, like, the difference about how you would kind of coach that person as opposed to how you would inspire that person. Rather than just saying, okay, well, let's get going. What's the next step you want to do? Where do you want to go? What are your goals? I would ask them more about themselves. What strengthens them? What are the things that really, what wakes them up in the morning? What are the things they really are passionate about doing? Not what what their strengths are, not what somebody else has said they're really good at, not what they're actually really good at, 
But what are the things that really inspire them, that really make them want to do something? Those are the things that really strengthen them. And then I would ask them the things that, that weaken them or drain their energy. What are the things that if you didn't ever have to do it again, you wouldn't prefer to do it? And learn more about that and, and understand who they are more as a person. And then I'd ask them more about their motivation for things. There's kind of a concept of toward or a way. Are you inspired to achieve a goal or are you inspired to avoid a consequence? And what makes you move more? So learn a little bit more about how they're wired. And then ask them insightful questions about why they want to, to move forward and why they want to go to the next level and what it means to them. And make sure they really understand it. One of the things I've learned a lot of times is people want to go to the next level, but they don't really know what that means because they're not really sure where they're at. And so I would make sure they really were, were sure about what it is they wanted to do, why they wanted to do it, and how, how their motivation would come to them so that when they started figuring out what it was they wanted to do, they would know how to create the motivations to do it. Now, you mentioned that coaching is kind of a second act for you. Um, it, are you leaning on any uh, platform or methodology, or is this your own proprietary work? I am leaning on a methodology. When I decided that coaching was the direction I wanted to go, I really decided that I wanted my, my focus and my priority was to leverage my skills and my experience rather than creating a coaching platform of my own, I really perceived there, there had to be something out there that already existed that I could work in the framework of. I did do a little bit of research on my own, and I just said, you know what, this is not who I am. What I did is I went out to Google, and I put in the keywords that were the most important to me in finding a coaching platform. And when I did, three different coaches came up. John Matone was one of those three and when I researched him and I researched his intelligent leadership platform and then spoke with him, I had, and I still do have, absolute philosophical alignment with his platform, his goals, and his vision. And part of what that really does for me was to allow me to leverage where my gifts and skills are to something that can help people in the future. Another Another component of that was whether it could be mutually rewarding. I've talked with coaches who have used platforms through other thought leaders, and they had to change their way of thinking and working, and that is just not who I am. Authenticity is so important to me. So when I found intelligent leadership and the application of it was so well aligned with who I am, Coming from the inner core, John, John's focus is on understanding an individual's inner core, what really drives them and motivates them, and how that translates into their outer core competencies and the skills that they're being, uh, their performance is being measured on. I recognize that's exactly what I could fit into. But the, the phrase inspirationalist, that's your own? That's my own. Um, now, can you share a story where you've been able to work with somebody and kind of help them transform or make a, the impact they desired? You don't have to name any names, but maybe walk us through what their challenge was and how you helped them. Absolutely. I was working with someone who was in a sales role, and they were being given a phenomenal opportunity to move into a sales management role. 
and it would be a great step forward. It would be uh, a big responsibility. It would be a great opportunity for them. And on the surface, everything looked really great, and something was niggling at them. They just, they weren't sure what it was, but something just didn't seem quite right. They they weren't jumping at the opportunity the way they thought they they should be. Everybody was encouraging them to do it. Everybody said, this is a great opportunity. You'll never get an opportunity like this again. This is the thing to do. And what we went through when when we studied and, and looked at who, their inner core and what motivated them and what drove them to do what they did and how they were called, it was not based on where becoming a sales leader would be. Theirs was deeper into relationship management. It was much deeper into strategic selling and, and managing an individual relationship as opposed to managing a wide variety of people across a responsibility area. And the more they recognized that, the more comfortable they became with that. The other thing that they learned from that, they had been fearful that if they said no to this role, they would never get another opportunity. And when they understood their inner core and how they were wired, and when they understood what the skill sets they had were really intended to do and where they could be the most valuable to the organization, it gave them permission to have a meaningful conversation with the company executives that said, you know, I'm not just turning down the job because I don't want it. I'm going to position myself to be even more valuable to the organization when we align what it is I'm meant to do with needs you have and have somebody else go in that role who's a better fit for it. And it turned out to be a wonderful opportunity for him. By reframing it uh, to his boss or, to leadership in the organization. Mm -hmm. When they reframed it to their leadership and their leadership understood, they showed them there are some assessments that go into intelligent leadership that, that look at your inner core and how you're kind of like uh, at a high level, how you're wired is what it would be. And then you understand what skill sets you really are stronger at and the things that you have the, the capacity to work with. It helped them show the executives in a very specific way where they would be the most qualified and the most valuable in the organization. And it, it helped them to understand that while they were great at the role they were currently in, their skill sets wouldn't transfer to the kinds of things they were going to be required to do if they went into the sales management role. Um, now, when you're doing your work, is it primarily virtual or do you do any in-person uh, work? It's a blend of that. It, it depends on the location where they're at. Zoom technology is what we work with, and that has really helped. I really like to have face-to-face -face and in-person kinds of conversations when it's possible. But then I also, the virtual conversations now with the technology where you can look in each other's eyes and see the body language, so much of that is important in coaching when you do the, the really, really deep listening. It's not just at what people are saying. It's how they're saying, what their body language is, what their eye movement is. It's so many more things to really be insightful in coaching. And that's done more effectively when you can actually see someone as opposed to just having a, an email conversation, a text, or a, a, a quick phone call. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Featuring our guest today, inspirationalist with creative business coaches, 
Sue Ryan. And Coach the Coach is brought to you by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program. If you're a business coach and want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is the best part of the show. You know why, right? Because it's about you. Yeah, we get to talk about me. All right, Sue, I need, I, <laughs> uh, I need a little counsel, a little direction. Uh, my coaching practice, if you want to call it that, is confined to an internal role. I find myself coaching Business Radio X studio partners. These are entrepreneurs out in other markets uh, beyond Atlanta who are running their own Business Radio X studio. And um, at the risk of sounding a little bit immodest, I'm a kind of a subject matter expert in how to help people and make money with this platform, you know, the, the way that we do it. I do think I am received as knowledgeable and credible. I don't think I'm even a little bit inspirational. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe this is at least good from a self-awareness standpoint. I think one of the challenges maybe that I fall into and, and my motives are pure, but I think maybe my tactics may be pretty clumsy. I'll share examples of something that, that I'm doing or Lee and I, and I are doing, and I mean to hold it up as a good example to emulate and to articulate what I'm trying to convey, but I wonder sometimes if it doesn't come off as, well, you just need to be more like me, dummy. Um, so I didn't know if you had some counsel on some ways to frame up that kind of conversation or some things maybe to always say or to never say when you're really trying to inspire someone and bring their motivation to the fore. And I'll, I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> That's a great question. One of the first things I would say is that inspirationalist isn't just somebody who's really rah-rah and all that, all of that sort of, you know, hi, hey, jump out on stage and everything is, is happy. An inspirationalist is somebody who through what you obviously have, which is empathy and authority and a reputation and, and experience and knowledge, you are able to speak from your area of experience and you're able to share things that people want to hear because they know that you have a proven track record. One of the things I have learned in my experience is that when we focus on what someone else wants, and we're able to share the benefit of our experience from their lens, not from ours. It becomes something that's easier for them to absorb and there's more value. And if you are working with, co uh, with uh, entrepreneurs in other parts of the country and other different locations, understanding what their challenges are, understanding what their language is, understanding what they're trying to do, and using your examples in their language and asking really good questions to make sure that what your examples are aligns with what they can already have a vision for will help them see that and internalize it and use it to build their own reference reservoir. That sounds like really solid counsel. I, and it, it sort of mirrors some of the things you've tried to convey to me, Lee. I, I think maybe like we go look at the conference calls I have and I'm talking more than I'm listening. And I'm, I mean, again, I think my motives appear, but maybe I'm trying to, I'm, I'm giving more answers than asking questions. And I think maybe I need to recommit to asking more questions. <laughs> so thank you for that. Is that, uh, Sue, is that one of the skills that a new coach kind of struggles with um, when they're getting starting that they are trying to 
answer all the questions instead of just letting the client speak and really understand and kind of work through their own solution. It absolutely is. And I fell into this, especially early in my sales career, I had all of this knowledge and I wanted to help people and I had all of this information. And so I would share and give and give, and they would ask a question and I would hear a word and I would, I would jump. And one of the (laughs) things John Matone talks about is prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. And I would, I would be doing that. I would be hearing a word and I would say, Oh, I know what they need. I have learned one of the most powerful, powerful things to do is to let people talk and then wait till they run out of, they have nothing else to say and then give them a little bit of time and they'll come up with some more things and just keep asking questions until they truly have nothing else to say, because often it's in the second and third chunks of what they share that the most valuable insights come out. And if I rush to give them an answer, so technically if we were doing coaching, I wouldn't have given you a response right away. I would have asked you multiple, multiple questions even, and we're limited on time. So I didn't do that. But normally I would just ask and ask and ask and listen and listen and listen before sharing anything. And often we learn that the answer is actually in the question and in talking it out, you come up with what, what you really need to do. So as a coach, the more I listen, the more I learn. And, it, and the coachee also starts to learn more, too. I am really glad I asked. <laughs> Thank you. See how smart Sue is? <laughs> yes, I, I told do. You. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Sue, um, you decided to become certified by the International coaching federation why was that important to you when you had been doing this kind of work and you had affiliated with john matone why um take that the additional step of getting certified why is that important at first i really didn't want to do that i had years of experience doing what i was doing i felt very comfortable with my abilities every single call i had with a prospective client they said What are your certifications? And that slowed down the process. I invested more time explaining my background and my certifications and and qualifications. And that didn't allow us to move forward into the coaching relationship development as quickly as possible or as effectively. And some organizations, when you go through uh, hiring through an HR department, they require, uh, and government contractors require a coaching certification. I did that in order to allow people to focus on what I could do to provide value to them. The side benefit of that is I recognized how valuable that certification was for me in understanding the formalities of coaching and also to become one of the greatest things we can be is unquenchably curious. And the more I studied, the more unquenchably curious I became. So the certification was valuable both for the the career and being able to move on to the topics as well as to get me learning more in different modalities of coaching. So um, before we wrap, we like to ask uh, every guest to share a actionable piece of advice that can smooth the road for a new coach. Uh, you mentioned the importance of certification, but is there something tactically that a new coach can do to help, you know, get those initial clients and to feel confident in serving them? 
Yes. The first thing I would do is to have a really brutal conversation with yourself and somebody who respects you and won't placate you and find out exactly what your niche is and exactly who your target audience is. Take those two pieces of information and then talk to SCORE, the small business development organization, talk to somebody and figure out if you really want to start coaching with your own practice or if you want to partner with somebody else to begin with and bring your practice off the ground. If what you really, really know you're called to do, that which you cannot not do, do you want to start that on your own or do you want to work with somebody else and grow it? Because you can always expand and you can always do more, but you got to start. You just do it. Now, for you, Sue, creative business coaches, is that just you or do you have a team of coaches with you? It is me and it is people who I have access to that have different areas of expertise and coaching skills I don't have. So you do have a team of people that can help serve your client in whatever needs they might have? Yep. Yep. And if somebody wanted to learn more and have more substantive conversation with you, um, is the, do you have a website? creativebusinesscoaches.com. And then they can find you on, I'm sure, all the social media and LinkedIn and Facebook and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yep, LinkedIn. And I had been silent on Twitter, and that's about to change. Uh Uh-oh. They were (laughs) unleashing the inspirationalist. Uh, uh Uh-oh. Yes, I I was waiting to uh, start putting things out on Twitter until I had content that I thought was Twitter appropriate. Well, I'm glad you worked through that and were able to uh, formulate a plan. Looking forward to there it. There you go. All right. We were talking with Sue Ryan, inspir- inspirationalist with Creative Business Coaches, and you can find her at creativebusinesscoaches.com. Thank you, Sue, for sharing your story today. Thank you so very much for your time. I sure appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.